Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! 
Wife. Guess what we're doing? I know what we're doing. Sacrilegious book club. Yeah, that. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We are still in the book of Exodus of Asimov's Guide to the Bible. Yeah. And today we are covering pages 130 through 142. Sounds great. Let's go do this shit. Okie dokie. Hey, wife, do you like coffee in the morning? I sure do, husband. Morning, noon, night. Which reminds me, I need to add that to our grocery list because we're running low. Wait, before you do that, check out the website ungodlybrew.com where you can purchase a pound of your favorite flavor of coffee. What if I want more than one pound? Either order a larger amount or better yet, get 10% off by setting up a subscription for every two weeks or a month or whatever works for you. Did you set up something special for our listeners? You know I did. Exclusive for our listeners, get an additional 10% off subscriptions by entering the code SACRILEGIOUSCOFFEE at checkout. That's a hellishly good deal. Ungodly Brew is hellishly good coffee. Okay, so remember last time we were discussing which pharaoh may have been the one that was the pharaoh of the oppression? Yeah. And we decided that it was probably Ramses II. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now, starting on page 130, we're going to talk briefly about the pharaoh of the actual exodus. Okay. Like, who was that guy? Right. Okay. Yep. If Ramses II was the pharaoh of the oppression, then Merneptah was probably the pharaoh of the exodus. Got it. And the Israelites likely departed Egypt while it was distracted by European um, invasions, invaders. So they snuck on, out the back door. Kind of. It would have been European invaders on one side and Asian invaders on the other. So... Um, Egypt's hold on Canaan was broken during this time. And so that would have been when they most likely did their little exodus. Sure. And they were like, uh, we're just going to go over here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, to quote Asimov, the Israelites in their drive to conquer Canaan had to face only the native Canaanites and not a powerful Egyptian army. Because they were all preoccupied. And because they'd already been beaten down by the time the Israelites faced them. Right, right. So that's that. Okay, so it was an opportune time. It was an opportune time that also gave them great opportunity later. Got it, yeah. So that's that section. Next is Horeb, page 131. Okay. And that's the mountain that is used synonymously with Mount Sinai. Oh, okay. So that's, you know, the... The Sermon of the Mount or the Mount of the Sermon that um, Moses went up and did his thing on. Yeah. Um, The Mount Horeb is mentioned a couple times, but um, it's also referred to as Mount Sinai. Okay. So those are those two things. Got it. Okay. Yep. Um, We have decided that it's definitely not located in Canaan, and it's likely not even actually located in Sinai. It's probably Mount Seir, but whatever. So just just a slight thing here. Mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount was Jesus. Oh my bad. So I I just wanted to clarify that because I was like <laughs> I was I threw me off a little bit when he said it. and I was like I, I need to check that real quick because I think that's wrong. Remember how I'm talking out of my ass? Yeah, right. Yeah. That happened just then. Right. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah. So that that's not sorry. Nice. That was not a sermon on the mount. No. That was uh, Moses going up and talking to God and bringing the tablets and bringing down. the tablets down. Right. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. That happened in um, Mount Horeb, a.k.a. Mount Sinai, which is not in Canaan and is probably uh, not 
even in Sinai itself, oh. like the city of or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it's probably Mount Seir, but then I just wrote, but whatever. Right, who fucking cares? To right. Ma- there's a mountain somewhere. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter what we call it now because at this point, even if we find out where it actually was, tradition will dictate that it is where we say it is, right. not where it actually was. Right. So the tallest of a range of mountains in Sinai is a peak called Mount of Moses. Okay. Because they just were like that. It's, that's one. It's that's those. one right there. Yeah. yeah. So once again, tradition spits in the eye of facts and thereby obscures actual history. Womp womp. Right. I'm so just, I'm not, call me shocked. You know? it, it, it be what it be. Right. So the next section is Jehovah, page 134. Okay. So you see that I jumped from page 131 to page 134. That is a huge leap. Right. I mean, in terms of like three pages just to talk about that fucking mountain. Yeah. yeah. And I summarized it in like three sentences. <laughs> so I saved you. You're welcome. Yeah. Is thanks. what I'm saying. I appreciate that. Yeah. So on Mount Horeb, a.k.a. Mount Sinai, God speaks from a bush that is burning steadily without being consumed. Right. Like right. That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. God tells Moses that his name is. Do you remember? Not exactly. The great I am. Oh, that's right. That's right. So God tells Moses that his name is, and then I have a whole list of things that it could possibly have been translated to because we don't know which translation is actually correct. Ah. So it's I am that I am, or I am who I am, or I am what I am, or I will be what I will be. Something like that. What about I am what I am? That is Popeye. Yeah. And not... God or Moses. So, you know, fuck off. Got it. So anyways, the people are unimpressed when Moses and his brother Aaron relate this whole story to them. Yeah. So they climb back up the mountain and God tells Moses that his name is also YHVH. Right. Right. And we don't know what that means either. So it could be Jehovah or the Lord, or Adonai, or most likely Yahweh. Right. And we hear all of those in church now because they've just adopted all, all of, of them. them. Right, yeah, just yeah. collect them all. They're just, yeah, exactly, like yeah. Pokemon. Right. God's names are like Pokemon. Yeah. Okay, so that's that section. The next section is Aaron, page 135. Good old Aaron. Good old Aaron. And in this chapter, there is a whole bunch of um, genealogy listed. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So Moses and Aaron were of the tribe of Levi. Yeah. And the priesthood was eventually confined to descendants of Aaron. So the term Levite is synonymous with priest. Got it. And they, right. That yeah. Makes I mean, sense. that's yeah. Right. So I, um, for two seconds, started to write down all of these names, and then I realized I don't fucking care because it doesn't matter. Right. So. Anyways, that happened. There's a whole list of genealogy of how we get from names that we never used. There weren't stories about them all the way down to Moses and Aaron. Got it. Okay. 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 So the next section is the magicians of Egypt on page 136. Okay. Okay. And this is exactly what I wrote. Ugh. So after that boring genealogy report, back to the story, right. which is exactly what happens. <laughs> and that's kind of a summary of what um, Asimov actually wrote. Got it. So, yeah. but mine is better. <laughs> so Moses and Aaron tried to impress Pharaoh by turning a rod into a serpent. Yeah. But Pharaoh thinks it's just a trick, so he's super unimpressed. Right. 
And then Pharaoh tells his magicians to duplicate what he calls a parlor trick, but of course they can't. Right. Okay? Yeah. Now, this part was really super interesting to me. Based on a brief passage in 2 Timothy, which I think is New Testament stuff, so we're like way long from sure. that. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So based on a brief passage in 2 Timothy, there's a Jewish legend which states that the magicians' names are probably Janus and Jambres. Okay. And that they were so impressed by Moses that they eventually joined the Israelites, but they died in the course of the Exodus. Oh, wow. But that's just a Jewish legend. Sure. Okay, so it's just a story. Right. I thought that was really cool. Like, we have potentially their names based on this legend. Right, right. Or based on a line from Timothy that has these names. Right. But these names were clearly added at some point later because there are no other names that are even similar at all to that kind of name during that time period. Got it. So those names are anachronistic. Got it. And they can't possibly... They were they were added whenever um, that portion of the Bible was written. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So next section is Passover, page 138. You mean the great murdering of children? Exactly that. Yeah. Yes, yes. So Moses and Aaron bring a series of disasters upon Egypt. Plagues, various pestilences, unusual weather, and those are all collectively called... The ten plagues of Egypt. Right. Right. And we all know those. Okay. Yep. No reference to these plagues is found in any source outside the Bible. But there was a theory in the mid 1950s mm-hmm. that maybe the planet planet Venus had undergone a near collision with the Earth, causing mayhem. Really? Yeah. But no astronomers, scientists, or biblical scholars take this ser- story seriously. I was like that could be proven wrong in a right, minute. Right, exactly. But it was interesting. And think right. about it, Asimov wrote this only a decade after that. So right. it would have still been a scandal in his time. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, so the 10th plague was the biggie, wherein the firstborn male of every house in Egypt was slain by God. Right? That's the one that you were referring right. to just yeah, now. Yeah. The Israelites, of course, were spared due to the blood of the lamb that they had been eating that evening in a ceremonial meal. Yeah. That blood being pasted, pasted, placed on the door of each of their houses. Yeah. Okay. And this event actually marks the beginning of the escape from Egypt. Okay. And as well, the establishment of the Israelites as a nation and is thus the Passover meal that is celebrated every year. Okay. Right. So that is like the start. Okay, I didn't realize that that was like a, and now we are this. Like, I didn't realize that that's what you point to and say, that's when it started. Got it. That's interesting. Did you know that? No, no. In all, okay, and now I'm going to quote Asimov here, okay, for a couple paragraphs. Okay. Okay, they're short paragraphs, but it's a long quote. Okay. In all probability, the Passover was an agricultural festival long antedating the time of Moses. Such festivals are common in all agricultural societies. Americans have even invented one for themselves, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Usually such festivals, even among the early Israelites, were thoroughly pagan in inspiration. The priestly writers of the Hexateuch could not revise the early traditions in too extreme a fashion. The various festivals were too popular and too deeply ingrained in tradition to be done away with. The best that could be done was to associate them firmly with some legendary event 
in biblical history and divorce them from idolatry. Gotcha. Passover, the most important of the agricultural festivals, was associated with the most important event in the early legends, the Exodus. So, yeah, right. Well, that's right? Cool. And I mean, that's nothing we didn't already know, but I thought he just phrased that so succinctly yeah. that no, I, there I mean, was that, no way to summarize right. that. Right. No, no, no. That, that, that was great. I mean, we all know that not we all know. I mean, uh, most of us know that have done any research into the biblical stuff that, you know, Christianity, Judaism, etc., adopted a lot of pagan ideas and a mm-hmm. lot of pagan gods even. And mm-hmm. just... They usurped that which came before them. Right, And yeah. added it in or used it. But the me, to me, some of the most interesting stuff is finding out how it was usurped, how mm-hmm. it was taken over. Mm-hmm. Which part know? was old and which part was added. Right. So I didn't realize, like, remember we were um, reading this and at the time we were like, but Passover is Easter and Jesus related. So I don't understand, like, why. But it's not so much, I guess. It is. Oh. It is. What happened was Jesus was crucified and resurrected during Passover season. Okay. Okay. And that's how those came to be associated with one another. But originally they weren't. I mean, obviously, no, there's, originally there's Judaism they... and then there's Christianity, right, right? Right, And so, obviously, technically, there's not really a correlation other than they happen in the same season. Right. So, um, Jewish families will um, celebrate Passover at the same time that Christians are celebrating Easter. And Passover. And Passover. Sort of. Kind of. Right. Not really. Not right. as much. No. So, you'll see them um, going to church for yeah. Passover, but the what they're really celebrating is Easter, and the days leading up to it are called Passover, but they are celebrating the walk that Jesus took. Right. So theirs is completely, Christians are completely Jesus-oriented. Right, Whereas right. the Jewish are actually celebrating Passover. Yeah. And I just find it so interesting that these two things happen at, at the same time, and so two related but very different religions celebrate at exactly the same moment in time two different portions of that. I find it interesting that Christianity having, you know, basically taken the Old Testament and Judaism as their base for their religion, mm-hmm. I, it, it always shocks me how little they understand and know about right. the Old Testament. And exactly. this, this is still their God. You know, exactly. like this is still things that happened to their people or whatever, their religion in the past prior to mm-hmm. Jesus. You would think that they would want to know more about, about these things, the, the ways that their God was shaped. But they really just don't. They you know, obviously like it's, don't. It's so much. I mean, the way I grew up with it, while it's taken very seriously where I live, it's still almost a hallmark religion. You right. Know, like it's a. Right. It's a. They don't really. It, it's all sayings and cards and and fucking. Just Go grandiose ideas. Easter you know? egg hunts and shit right, like that. Right, yeah. No, it's definitely a very hallmark um, religion. Yep. For the most part, in my opinion. No, I totally One agree. One that is very dangerous, but mm-hmm. also very hallmarky. Yeah. So. So that was that section. Moving on, we come to Abib on page 140. Good old Abib. Well, Abib is when Exodus took place during ah. the month of Abib. Oh, that's right. That's the, the months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. yeah. And Abib means kernel of grain, which makes sense. Sure. There's a whole bunch of um, words that he wrote about that, but we literally just covered these months yeah. in one of our most recent 
um, reading of the Bible episodes. Look at us doing so good about things. I know, know, right? So I didn't summarize past that because okay. I'm like, oh, we already did that. Basically, Abib is April, I think, right? Mm, kind or of, maybe. Or thereabouts, anyway, yeah. somewhere in there? Yeah, somewhere thereabouts. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say for sure, but that sounds about right, maybe. Oh, right. Oh. Um, next, we come to the Red Sea, page 140. And that's the, the last... The one that he parted? <laughs> That's the last section that we're going to cover. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For today, anyway. All right. Okay. After the tenth plague, Pharaoh was finally like, "Oh my God, get!" Right. So he finally like capitulated and was like, "You can leave." Right. For real and, this time. Right. And as I recall, there was more than one back and forth of "You can leave," but oh, yeah. just kidding, and "You can leave, but only if." Right. And, and you all know, that. Was, that happened a lot. Yeah. Right. So, but he finally let them go. Go. And you know what happens. If you go go, what what happens? You wake up, wake, wake me up, before, up. You gotta wake up before you go go. You go go. Yeah, yeah. And don't leave me hanging on like, like a yo yo, like a yo yo. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, definitely. That's yeah. That's you gotta do it that way. Do it that way. Right. Yeah. So these guys traveled east, which was the longer route, um, because if they had traveled the shorter route going north, wait, east? Oh, east. Okay, north. Yeah. Yeah, like the map I drew that one time. Mm -hmm. Like, why mm -hmm. did, it's five days walking. Yeah, if they had traveled north, it would have been the shorter route, but there were attackers from the north who would have totally taken on these newly liberated slaves who were unused to war. I see. So God had them go east to avoid all those God bad guys. Yeah, God east. had them right, do that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, for them, it's a good thing that they didn't go north because then the story never would have happened. Right, yeah. It so, would have been so yay. tragic, you know? But that answers that question, right. why they went east instead of north. Yeah. I mean, they probably knew. If they'd have gone north, were... we'd have had a whole different fucking religion today. Mm -hmm. Or none. Man, right. that'd be right. cool. That would be cool. Right. So, anyway, they went east and they found the Red Sea, one of the most unpleasant parts of the Indian Ocean. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Which, that answers that question. Like, before we were like, wait, is a sea part of the ocean? I think the answer is yes. Okay? Mm. A sea is part of an ocean, or it's a, like, outpouring of an ocean. It's a piece of an ocean. Okay. It's where an ocean goes. We had talked about this before. Do you remember? Uh, no, but um, that doesn't sound right to me. Well, exactly. okay, Asimov said it, so it's got to be true. Okay, all right. He said that uh, the Red Sea is one of the most unpleasant parts of the Indian Ocean. So... Gotcha. Eat my ass. Okay. Okay. What are you looking up? I'm looking up the Red Sea. Okay. Yeah. So there, it's it's a uh, it's right there. See, yeah, like it's between Saudi Arabia. I and I see, Egypt but and they don't. Right? No, I know, but it, it's so. I guess it is like connected to the Indian Ocean, but it's almost set apart. Like it's almost. But it it know. gets its source from the Indian Ocean. Right. It does. So that's why it's fully sourced from that. It's not sourced from anything else. True. And so that's why he calls it a branch of the Indian Ocean. Very true. Very true. Okay. So, anyway, it's the most unpleasant part of it because it's so fucking hot. Okay. And the uh, Red Sea separates the African and Arabian deserts, and much of its water evaporates in the baking sun. And it's, like, got such a high salt content, which, yeah. I mean, we talked about that other river that right. was similar situation. Right, right. So, I mean, that's why we have in our head these images of the Middle East is nothing but hot desert. Because it is. Because it is. Right. Right. And um, then he went through this whole litany of possibly why it could be called the color red. Okay. But at the end of it, nobody fucking knows. Got it. 
Like, there's not even stories or legends. He was just postulating maybe it's because there was, like, a bacterial infection of microbes, which that can turn the water red. Right. It changes the pH level of the water. Um, it could have been that there were red rocks or shells. Maybe it was from all the killing. There's just blood draining there into the There was blood, sea. right. It could have been the way the sun set made the water appear red right. from one angle. But, I mean, he's just putting all these ideas out like, I don't fucking know. Sure. And that's the end of that. Asimov doesn't fucking know, and we don't fucking know. The okay. end. Okay? Got it. So that finishes that section. Okay. And... Didn't Moses part the Red Sea, though? Well, but that's probably in the next section. Okay. Right now, we were just talking about the geography and understanding of the Red Sea. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Keep in mind, Asimov is not really going through a reiteration of what happened so much as placing what happened. He's assuming you already know what happened, and he's placing that in context of history outside the Bible and geography of the time. Got it. Okay. So when I give these little this happened, that happened, um, that's him saying, remember how when you read the Bible, this happened, that happened? Right. And I'm like, yes, I totally remember. (laughs) After I do all this research. Hang on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's why I'm glad I'm not doing more than once a week because I would not be able to keep up. Right, right. Um, so the next section that we will cover next week will be pages 142 to 153, and that will finish up Exodus. Wow, that's quick. Uh, that's quick. Yeah, I told you this section was much smaller, much huh. shorter, and that um, this whole chapter, book of Exodus, would only be three sections. Gotcha. So we have finished two thirds of Exodus now. Okay. In Asimov's book club. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So. That is that. Did you have anything you wanted to add or comment on besides that our cat was being an asshole? Right, our cat was being a complete jackhole. Like this whole episode, she was jumping on the table and shaking it and like attacking our chairs. Right, and now she's probably crashed out sleeping somewhere Mm -hmm. Mm because we're finishing up. Yeah, yeah. So good on her. Yeah. Um, She knew what to do. And we, the consummate professionals went through this like nothing was happening like there was no cyclone in the background i mean they might have heard the cat meow a couple of times they listened really closely you might have heard the table shaking yeah that was... <laughs> that was pretty fucking bad right oh well apologies you guys yeah, if you heard it sorry about that whatever uh, anyway that was uh our sacrilegious book club for this sunday and uh we got our weekly replay today if you mm-hmm. do that thing if you do that thing right and, and then tomorrow we will be back to our normal reading covering first kings chapter 16 yep we will see you guys then bye hey wife i guess that's the end but husband that's just sad it doesn't have to be we are on lots of social media platforms like twitter Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? 
head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.